everybody, my name's Colin Ellis, author of Culture Fix, Culture Hacks, and The Hybrid Handbook. On the Culture Makers podcast, I ask leaders from around the world to share a little bit of their story and what works well for them in the world of workplace culture. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to another episode of the Culture Makers podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ramez Katf, who is the Second Commissioner and Chief Information Officer at the Australian Tax Office. Now, a Second Commissioner CIO, Ramez provides leadership and strategic direction on information and communications technology in the tax office and ensures the delivery of technology services to support staff. He also ensures that the organization is leveraging the most innovative trends in technology to improve the experience of staff and clients. And he joins me now. Hello, Ramez. Oh, good morning, mate. Nice to be with you. Nice to be. We're, we're about to, I didn't ask you before we came on. Whereabouts in the country are you? Are you in Canberra? Are you in, are you in New South Wales? No, yeah, I, I managed to uh, flip down to Sydney um, for the for three days of this week. So, uh, uh, as I was saying, I think travel is well and truly back on the agenda. <laughs> it's well and truly back. I uh, queued to get into the airport the other day, which I haven't done in a long time, in a long time. So, Ramez, obviously, I'd love, I can't wait to talk to you about the work that you're doing at the IT and the tax office. I mean, that's great career choice um but but i'd love to know how you got there because i know you spent you spent a good deal of time working in consulting before then but but where did it all start Ramez? what was your what was your very first job what was the thing that launched you uh into into the workplace i have only ever had two jobs colin um i was very lucky very lucky uh when i finished university uh, and i did an accounting degree um and at the time didn't kind of really want to do accounting. Um, and so I started to hunt around. And one of the things that caught my interest at university was uh, all the information technology courses that I did. Um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to land a job with Arthur Anderson. That was a, a chartered accounting firm, but they uh, had a consulting group. Um, and I joined them and um, spent 31 years with them, uh, really honing uh, my skills and experience and you know had, a, had a, an amazing uh, opportunity to learn a great deal and to achieve a, a lot and then I felt that I'd kind of run that course to its end um, and I really really by that stage wanted to take kind of direct ownership for you know a, a CIO type engagement um, so I, I applied for the job at, uh, at tax uh, and I was fortunate enough that the commissioner you know thought that I might make a, a, an impact and a difference and uh, offered me the gig. Fantastic. I, I think this is the the least number of jobs a culture maker uh, uh, on a podcast has had from it. It's just the two. So so what was the first job? Was that like, a were you an accountant with Arthur Anderson? Because Arthur Anderson eventually became, was it Accenture eventually? Yeah, it was. It was. Kind of more. So was accountancy the first thing? No. So, um, and, and you're right, it was one employer, but I had a truckload of jobs and roles <laughs> and responsibilities over that time. Um, and uh, again, I was quite, uh, very fortunate. It was the beginning days. I think there were less than 300 people in the organisation when I joined them um, and over 1,200 when I left. So, you know, it grew quite dramatically in Australia, let alone globally. Um, and the first job was, um, you know, interestingly, the first kind of month that you joined the organisation, uh, talk about culture, they invested a lot in their people. And, you know, everybody went through the same training regime. And the training regime kind of, 
taught you how to do things the Accenture or the Arthur Anderson way or the Accenture way, but it also taught you a lot about the culture that they were trying to create. Um, and I think that that it, oh, indoctrination, that, that process that, uh, you know, held them in really good stead. Um, and so my first engagement, actually, interestingly enough, was uh, I was sent to Brisbane. So I, I'd just come back from my three-week training in Chicago um, and I remember the managing partner coming up to me and saying, um, yeah, you're going to this project in Brisbane. And I said, I beg your pardon. I, you know, kind of just still living at home at the time. So uh, it was a great opportunity. I had such an amazing time. Um, and it really opened my eyes up in terms of, uh, you know, getting me out of uh, comfort zone and uh, and just getting on with things. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a it was a job with uh, I think at the time it was the Bougainville Copper uh, organisation and we were building a materials management system and I was a systems analyst or a business analyst uh, trying to start doing some coding for them. So uh, that's where it all started. It's a great point you make about induction. I think it's it's uh, it, it's not as well practiced as it should be. Is is whenever you bring someone into an organization, it's crucially important that they not only understand technically what they're required to do, but also that emotional contribution. Is that is that something that you still do in your roles now, Ramez? So that when you bring people into your team in the tax office, is, is you make sure they understand what, what the kind of contribution is? It's a balancing act. I certainly don't think we invest as heavily as for example, one of, uh, you know, some of those services organizations. We, I mean, we do have an induction program that does talk a little bit about the culture of um, the tax office and the expectation, and it assumes a certain level of technical competency. So, you know, uh, remembering, um, you know, that was a graduate program. And, and, and we do have a graduate program within the tax office that does exactly what, what I just alluded to just on, a, on a, a much smaller scale, much more about learning on the job you know, learning different parts of the tax office. So you'll you'll rotate from the contact center to our audit teams to maybe uh, the cyber teams. Um, and you do three rotations and uh, and then you settle into one of those roles. So um, yeah, very, very slightly different, but I think a, a, a still a focus on it. I think the other part to it though is respecting and recognizing kind of the difference. So it's very good to have, a, a you know, a, a culture that, is quite uniform but you've also got to keep remembering that you're introducing people with a variety of different perspectives and both expectations and experiences and it's how do you harness those two and get the right blend between it because um, you know uh, we, we we do want a, a homogenous elements to our culture but we also want to respect diversity and how do you how do you get that blend between those two i think is the big challenge yeah that's a really good point i think you know, many organizations are, are wrestling with this almost on a day-to-day basis is not only do we have a workforce that represents our customer base, but also how do we then leverage the different ideas, different opinions, different backgrounds that different people have such that we make good decisions moving forward and we don't end up in this kind of groupthink scenario because we've yep. all got similar tim- similar technical capabilities. And, 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 and I imagine in those early days at Arthur Anderson, well, not even the early days, kind of as you're progressing, is different projects with different clients in different places you really get to see you know like a multitude of different working cultures possibly even social cultures Ramez do you think do you think those kind of projects that you worked on they really shaped the kind of leader that you wanted to become I I, look obviously yes Um, I mean and I was again very lucky I, I got to travel to a lot of different cities and a lot of different countries but I also got to work with a lot of different clients and you're right all of them had their own perspectives I think what the Accenture model brought was an approach, a methodology, a discipline, 
to completing work. And But you had to harmonise that with the way that organisations went about doing things. And I think with every project, we, we always found that the first probably three to six months, we spent a lot of time actually bringing our approaches and sitting down with the client saying, well, this is how we go about doing things. This is this is the schedule impacts. This is the deliverable. This is the methodology. This is the approach. Um, and this is how we tackle issues. And this is how we go about doing things. And it takes time to get that blend to make sure that you get the both, best of both organisations and kind of harmonise it. Was, was time invested, Ramez, that when you went to work with a client in actually agreeing how you work together? You know, as someone who used to, you know, purchase consultant consultant services in the past myself I you know I you know what one of the things that I wanted to make sure was that and I think you used the word harmonize which I really like is you get that agreement up front on how we'll work together otherwise you know and I used to say this all the time is like if we're managing by the contract then we failed to actually establish the relationships we need to deliver is that something you felt that you were deliberate about or did that evolve over time no, no, no. It was it was a very, very, very specific uh, initialization step. Um, I think the variability was how long some took. Some, some obviously, and 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 most of the consulting arrangements we had with our clients were very long term, enduring. Right? It, it, it's not your typical come in, do a six week piece of work, and give us a report. It was typically a partner with us to deliver a system or an outcome or a business process, and that sometimes took years. And so investing enough time up front to actually say, look, we're together for a long time. Let's make sure we, um, you know, start on the journey together. Yeah, sometimes it was really quick, um, depending on the uh, the reception from both the client side and their level of maturity. Um, and sometimes it took many months, um, but it was definitely a very, very important element of every one of our engagements in terms of set up and initialization. I think people forget this often about transformation and transformation has been a big part of your career is that, you know, and specifically when you look at things like digital transformation, digital is the toolkit. Transformation really is about how the culture evolves from one state to the other. And that transformation can take three months or it can take three years. You know, some of the bigger projects, it can, it can take five, but what it needs is the collective will of the people to work together at the start. And also, you you know, it needs leaders within the business to role model what they expect expect of everybody else has, has that been your experience over the years yeah i think i think my, my frame of reference is every transformation that we do has kind of two elements to it there's obviously the commercial contract deliverables you know what was the deliverable what was the system what was the change what was the transformation from a business perspective that we were contracted to but the greater satisfaction was being able to work with a client that by the end of it we had a established a capability that either worked con continued to work with us or did it on their own and continued to develop and mature that because you know the, the colloquial term is you know change is a constant um, and I think that that's a real truth in it so building the capability for an organization to take that to the, you know continue that journey I think was a real important part of every transformation program we ever conducted and I like the point that you made about you know kind of ensuring the client was able to do it for themselves I think that's you know when I think back you know the best kind of consultant clients uh, consultant companies I work with were the ones that 
kind of lifted our own capability so that so that you know naturally added to our culture and our engagement because all of a sudden we were in a position to do things for ourselves that we that we hadn't done before right yes that, that is exactly it and it wasn't a speci- i mean in some places it was a it was a specific deliverable called out and that's that's hard when it's like that but in lots of cases it was just a byproduct but a very important byproduct because um but but it happened by having that that ongoing constant participation by having clarity about approach by having clarity about methodology um, and holding both organizations to account on it yeah great yeah that's a really good point uh, did you find there was a difference between the engagements with public and private sector Ramez? look i spent most of my career in the public sector towards the latter part I would say that I spent a bit more in the commercial sector. And, and I think there were a lot of similarities and a few differences. The similar, I mean, people are people, right? At the end of the day, the people that work in the public sector have as much, in fact, if in, in lots of cases, more passion uh, for the for the for the job than than necessarily private sector, uh, but that's not to say you know um, people aren't committed. So every, everybody is, is you know it's a people game and people are committed to the cause. I think some of the commercial disciplines I think are different in the private sector. You know I think they're a bit more mature and robust, um, and I think governments are maturing that. Um, but I, I, you know, there is a there, for me there is a, a bit of a noticeable difference around um, appreciation of the complexity of transformation, the magnitude of transformation and the efforts associated with it. I think governments are kind of uh, learning that, that, that it is much more complicated than people want it to be. Mm, yeah. So you said, you mentioned that, that I think said 31 years um, you were at Arthur Anderson and, and well, you know, what became Accenture. So that must have been quite the stress actually leaving there when you've been at the one organization all the time how did how did you feel when you actually left the worst day of my life was <laughs> uh, telling telling my boss that uh, uh, i was uh, i was leaving uh, yeah no it was uh, i mean for me um I've, I've always had a very strong loyalty you know um, so uh, yeah no it was, it was it was a really really difficult decision but i knew that you know a Everything's all good things must come to an end. Um, but I, I knew that it was kind of now or never in terms of making a career transition. Um, and when the opportunity came up, I, I you know just felt like it was the right thing for me. And yeah, interestingly, I um, you know made a uh, an agreement with the boss about the transition time. Um, and I think I left just before Christmas. And I think I was still working till eleven, twelve o'clock. Three nights before I left, uh, it was part of. For me, it was a bit a, a real bizarre thing because, uh, you know, um, we, we we found it difficult to find the, my my successor because uh, freeing that person up from their other job was uh, was tough. So, um, you know, I, I stayed in post for quite a while, um, but the organisation was terrific. They they really um, uh, supported my decision and uh, really understood and accepted it. A lot of the guests that I have on here are people, you know, similar to yourself who, you know, very much focused on kind of career progression, but, you know, making sure that there's that maintenance of happiness and fulfillment, sense of fulfillment and all of these kinds of things. But I often think people forget that, you know, we're all, we're all human beings trying to find our way in the world and we all face the same stresses and it doesn't matter whether you're moving from your first job to your second job, which you actually were, but in, in terms of the time, it, it, mm. it's, really, it, it's really, really stressful when you actually make yeah. that decision to move, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I mean, it, it, is, it is interesting, even within Accenture, that you, you, you are 
it's, it's almost like a, a subculture, sub capability in itself. So you, you are constantly kind of changing roles and changing jobs, but there's a lot of sameness about it. So it's mm. not anywhere near as stressful. That final decision was uh, was definitely one that uh, played on my mind for a very long time. I think it was 2015. I've got, I found a bit from the press into my homework. <laughs> I found a press piece when you joined the ATO. You're going to love this. You probably read this. It's, I don't know if you Google yourself all of the time, but um, it says here, uh, this guy said, let me say up front about this appointment that I certainly believe Katf will be competent to do his job. I don't know him and I don't have anything to say about him personally, but on paper, he looks like he can slot straight in and start delivering. So it must have been nice to have that validation uh, really early on. But you went from almost this, I mean, you know, let's be honest, any role within the, the tax office, particularly second commissioner, CIO, it's a high profile role, which means that, you know, there's a lot of extra pressure that comes with that. Was was that easy to adapt to, Ramez, when you, when you made that move? I was really lucky. The commissioner was awesome. Um, you know, made it very uh, easy and uh, for me to slot straight in. And the team that I had was terrific. Um, they were looking for their next chapter. So, you know, they'd been in a particular mode of operation. Um, and so they were really excited about having, you know, fresh leadership and fresh perspectives. So um, it made it really, really good. And the tax office was very, uh, was in a state where the vision was strong. And so, the, the you know, the if you like, the investment focus, the attention on moving forward from a digital and data perspective was the mantra. And so we were empowered to kind of work with our business colleagues to make that leap happen so i think it was it was a it was a, it was a wonderful and I, by the way i hadn't read that article that you read out so that was very <laughs> nice to somebody <laughs> and, and and so you know kind of you come into the tax office you've gone from accenture where there's lots of variety big transformation to something that in a sense from an accountability perspective you had you had sole ownership for how did how did you then go about kind of not not shaping the culture because you know by the sounds of it the culture was pretty good when you arrived but but you know how did you make the decision about what needed to evolve and what needed to change it you know kind of over time how did you make the decision you know, what was first you know a lot of people do the you know 30-day plan and 100-day plan and all that sort of stuff I, I kind of tackled it a bit differently I got the entire leadership group um, and there were I think about 18 to 20 people at the kind of direct reports or, or their direct reports. Uh, and we did a three-day workshop. Um, and, you know, there were two parts to it. I, I kicked it off by kind of saying, well, here's where I think we want to go um, and shared my vision with them. And I think that resonated pretty strongly. So that was good. And then the second part was listening to them. So what would they change? What did they want to achieve out of it? And I think a combination of that and the three days really helped kind of set us on a course about what was the journey we were going to do together. And we then went about executing on it and went back to the organisation and said, this is what we think um, we heard from uh, from you and these are the challenges we've got. And uh, people said, yep, get on with it. And, uh, you know, we took it from there. And that, that three days, I'm assuming, was crucial for relationship building, catching everything that you do well, right? Because what you don't want to do is be the guy that comes in, throws the baby out with the bathwater and says, oh, let's, let's redesign everything. Capture yeah. what you do well and also those opportunities for improvement. But then, as you say, it's crucially important that you actually execute on it. Otherwise, it's just three days of good ideas. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that, that was, that's exactly right. So the first, you know, those three days were, were, as I said, listening, but it was listening to 
what are we doing well and what, what are the things that we want to change? And so each of the my direct reports at the time had an opportunity to kind of share a little bit about where they were going. Uh, we brought some, you know, external partners of ours to talk about where they thought some of the opportunities in technology were going. And then the, the output from that or the, the next step from that was to kind of develop, okay, here's our action plan, here's what it's going to look like, here's how we're going to move forward. Um, and then kind of creating some milestones along the way to, to achieving that. In the seven years you've been in the role, technology has has changed dramatically. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned before that change is constant. Yeah, of course it, it is. But, you know, certainly during the pandemic, we saw technology being embraced in a way that, frankly, it should have been done years ago. But that's another podcast. So, you know, kind of how, how do you see now the, the, the nature of work changing supported by technology, which is obviously a key role that, that, that you and your team have to play? Um, so I think certainly from a tax business perspective and and don't, and uh, we we look after both tax and superannuation um so from a tax office perspective we have very fundamentally changed kind of both our role in terms of delivery of service to the extent that we are now integrated into the supply chain of the accountants the superannuation funds the um the business sector and so you know whereas you know, 10 years ago, we might have offered some services on a web channel so that people could inquire. Now we do everything from machine to machine transactions where if our systems aren't available, they can't complete a transaction to providing data for tax agents to do their job more effectively. And so the landscape has fundamentally changed, but so have all the challenges as well, because now we've got to worry about the cyber threat, the data integrity the data um you know any any anybody can get access to um taxpayer information how do we prevent people with unauthorized access how do we prevent fraud how do we um dis- disempower the, the 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 baddies from kind of taking advantage of it so i think it, it's, it's it's interesting the digital landscape has made it much easier to do business with the tax office but it's also created new threats for us and i think that's the dimension that we're working we're traversing now and of course, the culture of your team, the culture of the organization needs to continually evolve to 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 meet those challenges. And so from from your perspective, Ramez, you know, what's the thing that you do to keep yourself relevant to make sure that you're working hard kind of culturally, I suppose, to make sure that the team uh, are, are creating the environment for all future success? Yeah, I think the biggest change from a from a culture or attitude perspective was moving away from being an order taker to a a, a real partner with business um and so yeah, and, and and you know when, when I go back to that three day workshop, one of the things we talked about is well, what's the culture, what's the behaviors, what's the attributes we want the, the organization already had their cultural traits, but how do we take those cultural tra- traits and turn them into what we want them to be and you know the one of the best satisfactions I've got is the, the integration that we've been able to achieve that when the business wants to make a technology change or a transformational change, we partner with them. We're, we're a voice to work with them about what will work and what won't work. Um, and I think that is a very different model to where it was 
you know, 10 years ago where the business kind of did things and then kind of threw it over the fence and said, now deliver this. And it was kind of like, well, that's a dumb design. So that collaboration um, has is a, is, is a big change for us. And presumably that's not possible without good relationship building. So I imagine for, for you and your team, it's about making sure that you establish relationships with your customers, internal and external, almost when you don't want anything from each other, such that when you do work together, you've got that kind of foundation to be able to build on is, is that fair yeah look um and, and we do spend a lot of time on that relationship development um both formally and informally but let me give you a quick example I and mean, one of our key stakeholders is what we call the software development community um and we we've moved that relationship quite dramatically over the last five or six years due to the efforts of the team who've very much focused on how do we harmonize the relationship with our software developers because you know we, we'd come from a world where we were kind of dictating the agenda and giving them very little time to to react to it and then say and then beating them up for not doing things to a world where it was much more collaborative it was much more um, imagining the future together and and it was a, an interesting one because you know most of these guys compete on a day-to-day basis so how do you how do you get competitors to coexist in a world where they've got to collaborate to deliver the outcome because they've all got to do the same thing? So, um, and and the team was very very focused on well how do we change that relationship um, to the extent that you know now that community is very very complementary of the relationship they've got with us um, about the the ideas that they bring to us the ideas we bring to them the the nature of that relationship has fundamentally changed and and Ramez, do you do, do, I, I I'm not sure if I read this somewhere but maybe you can clear it up do you run hackathons so for those people who are listening a hackathon is is almost a, a, a one day event where uh, organisations get to innovate and so often they invite external people in. Is that is that something that you do within the ATO room? We don't do it often enough. We don't right. do it often enough. It's um, it's it's uh, it's it's it always seems to fall off the, the the focus area for us just because everyone is just so busy. Um, and, and that's probably one of the big regrets. I think um, that continual uh, innovation trend is is the one that I I would like us to spend more time investing in. But in a world where we've got operations first delivery second you know where does innovation kind of fit into that and um and and putting that 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 dimension back into our culture is something that i think is um you know something that i think we've got to focus a little bit more on well, Ramez, a uh, fascinating story. Um, and I love the fact, you know, as a culture maker, you're constantly looking for ways to grow and evolve. And exactly as you just said there about, you know, putting more innovation uh, back into the ways that you do things. I want to thank you so much. I know you're a very busy man. So I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Culture Makers podcast today. Appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please share the link with colleagues and friends or your connections on social media. Better still, why not keep the conversation going and join our community of culture makers for free to share information from around the world on how to create a great place to work. You can join us at www.culturemakers.community.